Hello and welcome. I'm Vina, your sommelier in this podcast series called Thrivacity. I'm a lecturer in the Richview Residential College at the National University of Singapore. Each week during the semester, I'll be sharing some stories and tips as we explore the art of overcoming adversity, dancing with diversity in university and beyond. Let's dive into today's episode. Today's podcast is really about helping you learn how to find a place to rent in Singapore. And I know usually we talk about uh, topics on workplace readiness, but because renting a place is also about adulting, today's topic about finding a place to rent is going to be so useful for many of you. I invited one of my previous students in my forum, Tai, to come on board to tell us about her experience. So Tai, tell us about you. Hello everyone, my name is Hai Yi. I'm an international student from China, currently in my second year of NUS, and I'm majoring in computer science. Hey, so glad to have you on board. Okay, so Hai Yi, she took my forum when I was conducting a personal finance course, and one of the things she talked about was finding accommodation as an international student. Now, most of you who are in RVRC will move out in year two. For our international students, if you're not staying on as a resident assistant or a senior year three onwards, you will have to start finding a place for the new academic year. And Tai and I, we got to talking after the forum, and we thought that many international students or students who are local but prefer to find a place to rent would benefit from her research process on finding a place. First, let's talk about how students feel towards the end of their second semester in year two, regards to finding a accommodation outside of NUS. You're in year two yourself, right, Tai? How are some of your friends feeling about finding a place to rent? Hmm. I guess my Singaporean friends or Singapore PR friends are less concerned about housing issues than as international students. My friends and I feel a bit bewildered and disoriented in finding a house. So as it approaches the end of year two, we tend to get more worried. Yeah, why do they feel that way? Because it is not easy to get accommodation on campus, and it is a lot of work to do to find the right place to live. One has to be really active and contributing in a student club to get aided housing from NUS after year two. Similar to RA scheme and senior program in RVRC. Besides that, although all students can apply for PGP, the number of people who eventually gets it is still a very small portion. That means, as an international student, they will probably end up in finding accommodation outside school. Then, how to find such a place to rent? Where to start? That's when we get very confused because there are a lot of concerns. How to find available housing sources? What is the renting procedure like? Is the house safe? What about the price and distance from school? How many people are sharing the house? Do they need to buy a mattress and furniture? What if the landlord tries to take advantage of tenants? Are there any Singapore laws that can safeguard the rights of tenants? They barely know nothing about renting a house, and that's a lot to consider. Yeah, that sounds really、uh, very worrying to see like all the things that you have to consider before finding a place to rent. So clearly, this is a big area that our international students need help with. So, what have you found that are possible options? Now, let's start with the private student hostels. 
The NUS website has a list of private student hostels such as MDIS residences and houses at NCS independent boarding school. Well, if I were to take any of these choices, what are some of the pros and cons? The pros are that the price is comparably fair, about $500 to $800 monthly individually. So suppose one resident in RC has a non-aircon single room, the expenditure would be about $550 monthly. So the prices are more or less acceptable. The good thing is, it is guaranteed to be reliable as NUS has approved them to be private housing for students and put them on NUS website. The renting procedures are more straightforward with established getting procedures by NUS. As for the distance of the hostels to NUS campus, it's usually within four stops of MRT. For Cambridge campus, the nearest locations provided are One North, Commonwealth, Queenstown, and Clementi. But my friend staying there says the room is quite small and that too many people are sharing, such as the fridge is always full and another serving of one liter milk cannot fit in. That must be quite worrying because you might go to the supermarket and have a bunch of groceries and you can't even find a place to put them in. Okay, so if Private hostels are something that you want to consider, so I'll share with you a link below in the show notes. But if, let's say, you want to look at a different place, let's say you are thinking about renting a place outside. Now, I'm assuming that students are going to be more cost-conscious. So what about finding an HDB room for rent? Or is renting a whole HDB flat unit so that you and your friends can stay together. I mean, is this a popular option for students? Yes, indeed, there's a popular option too. Okay, say you have an idea, like where you want to rent a single room, or maybe you want to find a whole apartment to stay together with your friends. What are some of the sites you can look at? I'm gonna share a few platforms uh, that you can peruse if you are trying to look at a home rental in Singapore. And again, don't worry, I'll link all the URLs in the show notes for this episode. Now, option number one, this is the Property Guru website. This is one of the most well-known property sites in Singapore. Here you can filter for room rental or even choose if you want to have furniture provided or not. Option two is 99.co. Now for this site, I quite like the fact that the images are bigger than Property Guru. This really allows me to imagine what the space really looks like, right? I thought it's very interesting that some posts are tagged as diversity friendly. Um, and it's a useful thing to know for international students. The other useful thing about this site is it also includes filters for when the property is built. Now this is important for you to know. It's not just about whether this place fits in my budget or not. Because, for example, if you are renting out a whole unit of the HDB, it is important for you to know whether it has at least been five years since the unit is built. Why five years? An HDB is subjected to something called a minimum occupation period. Now, usually, unless the owner has special permission, he or she is not allowed to rent out the whole unit. And so if, let's say, you know that this unit you're interested in, it's only been less than five years since it was built. 
Now, if you were to rent this unit, there's a high probability that the owner has to be there too, which means if you're renting out the whole unit, you might get a nasty shock to find out that the owner will be sleeping in the living room. What about the third one? Uh, this is called Oh My Home, OMH.SG. For this portal, the room rental button is the first stage filter, so you don't have to keep clicking around to access room rental options. But I do find that this option is a little bit more limited compared to Property Guru. So it's a good option, but you don't get a wide selection. Next, you have uh, rentinsingapore.com.sg. I have the same feedback for this site as Oh My Home. Uh, it's easier to find room rentals on this site, but again, less options. So these are four property websites you can look at. Of course, there are many more, but I also want to point you to two other resources. Um, one is Craigslist. Here you can go to housing and you find options under rooms. Some people also use the Carousel mobile app. So Tai, you and your friends have some other ways of finding accommodation that is different from what I shared above. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, as Chinese students, we have the communication channel WeChat and apps associated with WeChat accounts. Now, what are these options? What are these apps in Chinese? It's called Zufang Xiaochengshu. So basically, people with available housing will post it here and we can browse the channel to find it. The price is generally more expensive, around $750 to $1,200 monthly individually. It's more expensive than the private house tours, and some houses are quite far from NUS. So if we decided to rent a house from this platform, we need to find a house renter, negotiate and sign the contracts, etc. I have seniors renting this kind of house, and they say that the electricity, water, management and Wi-Fi fees are not always inclusive of the rent, so we need to check. Moreover, there can be double agency fees from both the seller and buyer agencies. Well, it's very interesting for me to hear actually about this double agency fees because I've been both a renter as well as a landlord. And in Singapore, there is no universal Singapore-wide industry standard rental commission rates imposed. But this is the norms that I'm used to. So if you are a renter and you employ a tenant's agent, you will have to pay commission to your agent. I say might, because it's also possible that you don't pay a commission at all. Um, it's also possible that if you don't have a tenant's agent, it is the landlord who will pay the agent the commission. So again, there's no hard and fast rule on agency fees or agent fees in Singapore. So it's really worth doing your research. And when I heard about what you told me about double agency fees, I just wanted to just put it out there that there is no one universal standard and so students don't have to feel like, oh, they must pay this double agency fees. There's really other options out there. Now, navigating the world of rentals beyond private hostels is really quite complex and I, you know, we were talking and you told me that you have some horror stories to share. What's the recent one? Yeah, correct. Recently, I heard a very horrible story shared by students of the same WeChat group. Their landlord uncle is not nice, and he is constantly breaking the promise on the leasing contract. For example, 
He states clearly in the contract that the electricity fees are included in the hostel fees, but he wouldn't allow the tenants to turn on the aircon from specific hours. Moreover, he didn't like that the tenants to have their light on when showering. It is just crazy. Once the student cannot stand all this and wants to move out, he self-opinioned that the students breaks the contract and thus no refund for it for the cash pledge. And he further intimidated the student to hand in the contract paper, which is the only evidence. When this student refused to give the contract paper, he locked the student in her room for two hours, and she finally called the police to get out. When this girl exposed this scene in the WeChat group, it turns out quite a few girls were disadvantages uh, by the same landlord. It's really sad to hear. I think it's really distressing and really harrowing. So I really hope that you guys who are listening to this won't fall into the same predicament. Now, given my own past experience as a renter, as well as a landlord, here are some tips I'd like to share with you. I really think that price, our budget, is important, but so is a peace of mind. Like when I heard Tai's story about the girl being locked up in the room, I'm like, oh my gosh, no student should go through this. So um, here are some pointers I'd like to share. Tip number one, assess what is it like to live there. I mean, I know right now we like to see things online, but it is very important that we do work on the ground. So go for viewings during a time when you will normally be at home. So for example, if you are normally at home in the day because all your classes are online, find out how staying in the unit will be like. It's a good idea to ask about your landlord's schedule if they are staying with you. Like for example, let's say you need to be around in the day and you need some quietness, but your landlord might not be working. Your, your landlord might be a retiree. So your landlord might be quite busy, you know, going around about in the house during the day. So you probably may want to know whether the unit you're staying in is going to be quiet or not in the day, because otherwise you might get distracted by uh, different things. Or maybe if you go down to the site, you notice that there's construction work nearby on a MRT station and you might get distracted by these sounds. So I think it would be good to do foot research. Two, should you hire an agent? Hiring an agent would mean that you have to pay commission fees, but it may give you a greater peace of mind because if you hire an agent, the agent is going to help you to search and arrange for viewings. So if you are in these two positions where you don't have time to search and you don't have time to arrange for viewings, it might be worth getting an agent. But if you get an agent, you may need to do further checks. Please ensure that your agent is licensed by CEA or the Council for Estate Agency. Yeah, you can do the work online to just see whether this agent's number is registered with CEA. Next, the third one. And I think this is where a lot of information um, would be very useful to you. It is about the contract. So some points I want to bring up is one, check when you have to make the payments. Right? Is there any lead time that's given? Sometimes in the contract, it will be stated that the landlord has a right to re-enter and repossess the room after a certain period has passed and the rent is not paid. So sometimes uh, it's a negotiation between the renter and the landlord if let's say you're late in paying your rental. 
but some landlords may make it difficult so it's very important for you to have an open line of communication uh, between the renter and your landlord so maybe in the contract you will say things like okay the check has to be in like from seven days of the first of the month so just look out in the contract when it needs to be paid second check if you have a minimum duration of stay and how long is the notice period okay this is something that protects you as a tenant in case you're not comfortable with the place right the first time you go to a place you really like it but then you know other things might come up you may not know like for example at night there is a lot of noise generated by a neighbor uh, maybe they are playing a lot of games ho mahjong at night and it'd be quite difficult for you so in this case if you find that you're not interested in staying on longer um, find in the contract where it says that you need to have a minimum duration and how long is the notice period if it's stated in the contract then you have less problems claiming your rental deposit or what Tai says earlier as the pledge next look into the contract did it say that water electricity aircon and wi-fi is provided ask for more details like ask how long can the aircon be on because some landlords will say okay it can be on from 9 p.m to 9 a.m in the day so at least you have it in writing and before if you don't like it then before you sign the contract you can negotiate with your landlord next ask if the landlord has an inventory list now have an agreement about the condition of the items before you sign your rental agreement once you are interested tell the landlord and or your agent and ask to walk through the room or unit go through all the items yeah like um, take a look at the condition of the wardrobe for example take a look at the condition of the mattress or condition of the bed or table if provided and if you feel that some items are not in good condition and you don't want to be accused of damaging the items after your rental period then state it up front um, you may have a list uh, or a piece of paper and you have it listed down what are the different items that are in your room and you go through with them the condition you can also ask the landlord if you can take pictures so that you know after your rental contract is up you have the condition of the items before you rented the place so that there'll be no dispute now i remember in my case in the past uh, the bidet spray in the master bedroom toilet was leaking so we made sure to replace that so we know that you know before the place was rented out it was already in good condition okay so i hope that those tips were useful to you anything else you want to add Tai? Uh, i just wish that every international student including myself can find a fair and safe place to live after year two Hope this podcast has provided you with some more insights and less panic. Yeah, definitely. I hope that more of you will be less panicked. I know it's a, a big world out there of adulting and finding your own place. And I hope that this podcast has also made it easier for you. So if you're looking to find a place to rent soon, Tai and I want to wish you the best of luck. And I think you are stepping in a, into a very exciting world uh, of independence. And I hope that it will be a smooth journey ahead. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a 5-star rating or a review. It helps us to increase our reach on iTunes so that more people know about what we do here at our VRC.